On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win against the Clippers, a blowout. The offense, did we finally unlock something with the Dallas Mavericks offense? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day where we let it ride. Thanks for being part of the show and making Lockdown Maps your first listen today where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section. Give me one thing that stood out to you in the Maps Clippers game today. This episode brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And joining me, the post-game prodigy, though. Oh, I almost called you the one more thinking. I can't do that. I can't do that. What you got for me, Slightly Biased? Oh, oh my gosh. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. <laughs> a much-needed, comfortable win. I was looking at last year, going back to last year, the last, like, real comfortable win the Mavericks had, Indiana, March 27th. I don't even count that, though. 2021? No, no. It, it was this calendar year. But I don't even count that because smart fans at that time were like, we really should be losing these games. So it wasn't even like a... It wasn't like a fun woohoo game. Uh, the last like a, time the Mavs won a comfortable game was back in March. Yeah. And then before that, it was against the Spurs like in February. And honestly, this one got to 14 points at one point, And 14 in the NBA is not like that comfortable anymore. No, I thought it was funny because Falwell on the broadcast was like, oh, it's interesting Luca's coming back in because I guess the Mavericks are taking the point differential thing for the in-season tournament seriously. And I'm like, eh, it's a, <laughs> this game's a little spooky, like 14 points with like six minutes left. Yeah, it, was, it was 32, and then all of a sudden it was 14. And yeah. Luca came back in when it was 17. You're like, okay, well, now. Falwell really wants to push that in-season tournament because he loves it. That's what he said on the show a little while ago. Hey, he's like, I love he's it all too. for I'm, it. I had, I had people I just tweet out that I've been enjoying it, and people are like, Someone on Twitter was like, who's paying you, you pig? And I'm like, <laughs> They're like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't think the bleep oh, works man. intended there. Oh, so funny. Uh, uh, Mavs get a win. Great win for the Dallas Mavericks. And, uh, man, it was just a good a good night for the Mavs. 47 points in the second quarter. Luka Doncic just goes bananas like he does against the Clippers. I asked Kyrie about the – the Mavs Clippers rivalry because people were saying this before the game. Is it still a rivalry? Like there's only four players on both teams that are still there from when the Mavericks played. And one of them is Seth Curry. One of them is Dwight Powell. The other one is Maxi or Tim and Luca. So I guess there's five on the Mavs now. Uh, and there's not many on the Clippers anymore either. They're the same. And I, that people were asking that and I was like, you know what? I don't know. It feels like it's lost some of its juice. And then you come into this game and Luke, you could just tell Luca is, yeah, Luca is in it and just wants it. And so I asked Kyrie, can you tell that Luca has a little more juice? And he looked, who's looking down while I was asking the question. And then he kind of gave me like a side eye and like, <laughs> why well, I'm very aware of it. Like, he's like, I'm very aware of the rivalry and that Luca gets up for these games. And then he gave me the, the whole, like, you know, he knows, the, he knows, you know, the schematics and he knows the defense and he, he's very efficient against this team. And he has a good, and you know, gave the, the answer, but like the little side eye with the, Oh yeah, I'm very aware of the, of this rivalry. Like, hey, it's still alive and well. And you know what? Slightly, 
What? The Harden Kyrie thing gives it a little more, gives a little something extra too. There's a little something there because yeah. I didn't want to ask Kyrie about this afterwards because I don't think he would give me an answer, but I think he was motivated that Harden was going off at the beginning for, and then he was like, all right, I got to match this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't really know if they, uh, if they are at beef with each other. I, I truthfully don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely think that, so like for me personally as a fan, I don't know if I would consider it much of a rivalry because in my opinion, a rivalry, like there needs to be a little back and forth and the Clippers beat us two years in a row. So it's just mm. kind of like, but obviously Luca, there is something there for Luca. He gets up with it. Anytime Zubats get switched on him, you're getting stepped back on. Like it's happening. It's like he sees a plate of food in front of him. He's just I've been like, saying like Zubats, you need to reconcile. I don't know what happened. I don't know where it went wrong. You know what's one of the weirdest experiences doing this job? So what? I do that my post game like one minute reaction. I post it on YouTube Shorts and all of our social and everything, and I I did it like on the court, and then I'm walking to the to the interview room. And in the video, I just been like, and you know, Luca, he cooks Zubots on every single game. Like he, he just he cooks him. <laughs> and I walk by Zubots, and he's just like right next to me. And you're just like, I just railed on this guy in a video saying that Luca. I would have said Zubots, please. If you need to go and apologize to Luca, this is getting sad. <laughs> you're not this bad of a player. But anytime he goes but against the Mavericks, he's just a non-factor. Just not even. It's like he's not even there. And then uh, Ty Lue took him out to start the second half. Yeah, it's funny because in theory, Zubats is a guy who gives should give this team a little trouble just with his rebounding rebound. and his size. But it's just, my lord, he just gets picked apart. Yeah, he just. Every I mean, in, in space, he just can't stick with Luca. No. Um, in the first quarter, I sent this over subtext too. I could tell that there was like, okay, the Mavs have something there. The, the offense has something. Like, there's a, there's a way for this the, the floodgates to open. I could tell. All right, they've got something going here. They'll figure this out. I didn't know they'd figure out to 47 points. I mean, that second quarter was just insane. The Mavs went six of 10 from three in that one, nine of 10 from the free throw line. Luca at 17 points in that quarter alone, hit three threes. He had three assists too in that, in that quarter. I mean, it just opened up completely. And it was, to me, like the Clippers just collapsed. It felt like, and, and the Clippers do this. Remember the Mavs beat the Clippers by 50 points a couple years ago. Like it, this team just collapses every once in a while. And they did not add a player that will help them in those collapses at all in James Harden, right? No. I mean, this, this is all the makings of a disastrous trade through and through. But I, I don't want to judge it too early. Because the Mavericks, in a way, got a little bit lucky with getting th this team on their third game. Because they'll, they'll yeah. figure some stuff out. Like, there was a turnover. I want to say it was in the third quarter. Paul George just throws it. I don't, it looked like James Harden was going to the corner to set, like, a pin down or something for yeah. Terrence Mann. And Paul George tries to throw him the ball, and he's not even looking. And it leads to a steal. And Paul George is like throwing his hands up. But uh, so they'll figure some of that stuff out. But man, it's yeah, it's a rough team. And you're right. When they snowball, it's like the body language. It's like you should be sending wellness checks to these guys' hotel room. Well, well, they all of a sudden like they just can't defend because like the guys that played in that second quarter, Harden played eight minutes. Kawhi played eight minutes. Westbrook almost eight minutes. Uh, Norman Powell played eight minutes. Yeah. Paul George with four. Zubats with six. Terrence Mann with six. It's like you're playing some of these guys, and like you're asking a lot of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to be the elite defensive players that they, yep. you know, kind of used to be and can be on any given night if they want to step up really. But then you catch them on a quarter where they're like, "Well, I don't really want to be that that version of me anymore. I want to be the chuck up shots and you know, mm -hmm. isolate. Like I want to do that." And if you catch them on that quarter, and then you can catch them all four of them at the same time yeah. <laughs> in that, and then all of a sudden it just opens the floodgates. Uh, I felt like. You know, you have to give the Mavs credit. 
But I didn't think the Mavericks, and Kyrie even said this after, like, I didn't think they executed any better. They just yeah. hit a bunch of shots, and the Clippers just didn't. They, just, I mean, they just fell apart completely. Yeah, no, uh, going back to, like, the defense stuff for the Clippers, this is why I think, like, individual defense can be very overrated a lot of the time because Kawhi is nowhere near the defender he used to be, but he's still good. But, like, you saw tonight, like, he's not defending Luka ever. No. Like, so it's like, I te- like this team, this Clippers team currently, the way they're constructed is just so out of sorts. They look so just... <laughs> It's just gross to watch. They look like they've never played together. Because really, I mean, they barely have played together. But, man, the Mavericks were making a pay. And you're right. They, they were just hitting shots. But they the, were good shots. The, in the NBA now, it's like your defense is judged based on your worst defender on the court. Yeah. Right? And that's why the Luka stuff last year at the end of last season was so detrimental to the Mavericks. And why we kept harping on it. Like, we kept Derek harping on it every time. <laughs> because if he was going to be bad, then, then the team could just call up his his the guy he was defending for a screen and all of a sudden you're switched and you're switched on to Luca and then, mm-hmm. or take advantage of him off ball where he's not paying attention. And so then all of a sudden, if it's Luca Wood, Hardy, Tim Hardaway, you know, it's like, yeah, gosh, Pick what is this poison. team? What is this team supposed to do? If like all these guys are not paying attention. Uh, and so now they have to, you have to be more intentional on defense and you can tell that there's that, that kind of like mentality. You tell Luca's, you know, more locked in. Kyrie is is doing great stuff on defense. And then you have the Derek Jones, Grant Williams, Derek Lively, like those guys, that's what they do. That that's why they're getting paid in the NBAs on defense. And so, yeah, it's just the, the mentality and the, I feel like it's a defensive culture that it, it has to be. Uh, yep. and you saw the opposite of it with the Clippers today where it could just all fall apart all at once. <laughs> Gross. Oh my gosh. Coming up, let's talk about what we saw from Kyrie. Kyrie really took off in that first half, Luca in the second. We'll talk about Derek Lively. Derek Jones Jr. had another great game. We'll talk about all that kind of stuff coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Check out Prize Picks. They've got daily fantasy, and you can pick the more or less on projections. You're not playing against a bunch of dudes in their basement or in their mom's basement or whoever's basement. It doesn't matter. You're not playing against a bunch of those dudes where they, all they do all day is is play these fantasy games. You just got no shot because they've got an algorithm or they've got some kind of AI that they're working with. You're playing against projections. So, for example, on Saturday, uh, New Orleans, or not New Orleans, Milwaukee versus Orlando. Giannis, 29 and a half points against Orlando. Like, give me more on that one. Franz Wagner, 17 and a half points. Oh, give me more on that one, too. Jalen Suggs, 10 and a half points. Give me less on that one. If I do all three of those, I put down 20 bucks. I play the power play. I get all three correct. I can win 100 bucks on prize picks. Go check that out. You can also use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. To get a first deposit match up to $100. If you've never used it before, put down $100 in your account. They will match it $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked Up Apps, being part of this show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. I want to shout out all the Raccoon Squad members that came up to me during the game today. It was a little overwhelming at times. There's so many people that came up to you. It's awesome to see the Raccoon Squad grow and to see all of you guys. Shout out to, uh, shout out to the, the family that came up to me, uh, the Curry family that came up to me as their son's 12th birthday. Shout out to him. You got a great win that you you got to see. I'm glad that it wasn't a loss like the Toronto loss. Uh, yeah. Hope you guys had a great day. Their all brother right. got a three tonight. Yeah, that's true. A big three, <laughs> according to Jason Kidd. Yeah. Uh, and he said that he said he likes you. He said he's. I'm really glad that Slightly's on the show. So. Oh well, hey, shout out to you. How about that? All right, Slightly, let's talk about this Dallas Mavericks team. Kyrie Irving, 
felt like he was a little motivated. I'm I'm calling it. I think he was motivated because he saw James Harden, especially going off in that beginning. He had 14 points in the first half. Harden did, and he's like, okay, Harden's hitting some shots. He's going to the free throw line. He's I've got to do some stuff too. And Kyrie Irving has averaged like seven shots per first half so far. And in this game, he took 13, hit four of his six threes. Maybe have we seen Kyrie finally ramp up? Dana and I talked about that yesterday where he hadn't fully ramped up yet, but have we seen a ramped up Kyrie yet? Did it happen overnight? Literally. I mean, the shots, the shots have been kind of trending in the right direction in the second halves of the last few games. He's been looking really, really good. And this was what we've been kind of wanting to see, which is like, all right, Kyrie, like we coming alive in the second half is cool. But man, if you were, if we, if we got like an aggressive Kyrie right out the gates, Ooh, we're going to be a tough team to beat. Mm. And yeah, he 20 points in the first half. I mean, that's that's a beautiful sight. And when your other superstar is dropping 27, you're going to be a pretty <laughs> tough team to beat on most nights. Maybe you saw uh, Brian Damaris's, uh little pregame oh. speech to James Harden, too. <laughs> Dana's co-worker, Brian Damaris. He's eviscerated. It's, it's like the most viral thing on NBA Twitter right now. Just yeah, going, it's going crazy. Going after it. Everybody's, and it's like... Not anything that anybody hasn't said, but the way that he sequenced it like all together. Yeah. Like just I mean, hit, it was incredible. Hits every beat on it. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, he was hitting his threes, right? And it's something, and he, he was asked about it afterwards about his, his shot. And, you know, Kyrie does the thing where he goes, you know, the average fan wouldn't see this, but you know what I, what I'm is I got to point my elbow. He said, I've got to point my right elbow more and like point it to the basket or like point it, you know, in front of him. And he said that Kobe would tell him that all the time. Hmm. And like that, I thought that was really interesting. And then he said, I talked to my dad yesterday on the phone. My dad's always telling me to point my right elbow. Him and Kobe would always tell me, imagine Kobe and your dad telling you anything. Like imagine that being a life experience that you have that you can continue to go back to. Kobe Brown? Uh, the the Lakers oh the Lakers won sorry oh, oh the yeah, other yeah. Kobe B my bad <laughs> yeah there is a Kobe in this game wasn't there yeah uh yeah like Co- yeah Kobe Bryant was, was the one that told him to to point his elbow a little bit more and maybe maybe it's some of that but I think he's finally getting into a rhythm right he said yeah. he took 30 40 days off from basketball and from you know from from everything and so I think that he's finally getting into it and hey. I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him ramping up that way, especially since the Mavs are seven and two, right? Like, I, would, yeah. I think I would feel differently. If they're two and seven, or if they're sitting where the Grizzlies are at one and eight, something like that. But I mean, it's worked out. So it worked. It's worked out well. And he's hit timely shots too. Like he's yeah. hit shots when they needed them. And in this first half, we finally saw an aggressive Kyrie. And it's kind of funny that we saw Kyrie. We're like, oh, this is best Kyrie game, an aggressive Kyrie. He hit. He was eight of nineteen and scored twenty-seven points. That's like a normal Kyrie. Like that, that was his yeah. average last year. Yeah, no, but it, it was still like he's not going to average as many points. These Twitter arguments I see, I don't even know why I pay them any attention. But it's like <laughs> Kyrie could he was averaging twenty-six. It's like Kyrie's not going to average that much. If Kyrie's averaging that much, like I, I don't think something's going right. Honestly, like the best Kyrie is the maybe it's like 21, 22 points a game this year, and then like six or seven assists, and his efficiency is just really, really good. That's like what we really want to see from Kyrie and Lucas. Maybe the volume stats aren't as high, but efficiency is way higher. And, all, you know, the assists, all the other peripheral stuff's way better. So that's what, that's what I like to see. That's, I, I think I've been saying I think Kyrie's been playing really well. It's just shots that you would normally see him make, he's missing. That's really it. It's kind of just only threes, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's really just taking a little less threes, and he's making a little less threes. And if that goes up, then all of a sudden it's a different game for him. 
Speaking of taking and making some threes, Derek John Jr. made a three tonight, and he had a couple of really good extra, you know, extra plays as well. 11 points, 10 boards, three assists, three steals in this game. He was a plus 36, the highest on the Mavericks. So when he was in the game, the Mavs outscored the Clippers by 36 points in his, like, 29 minutes. Kid made the right call. I mean, I think we we've, we could have called that you know, a couple games ago, but, man, he is the confidence he's got. And I asked him about this after the game. I said, where's the where's the confidence coming from the most? Like, how do you feel? Like, where's where's this boost coming? And he said, the first thing he said was my teammates. Then he was like, coaches and all this. But first he said my teammates, giving me confidence, going out there. And I, he loves being here, man. Like, he, on media day, he was like, I should have been here before. Like, I, I'm fi- yeah. I finally got here. Like, I finally made it here. And. I don't know. There's something about this offense, the way that he's being used. I think he, he's really, you know, contract year kind of because he got signed for the minimum. Like, I feel like he's so motivated and he's fitting really well in this, in this offense. Yeah, he's just like a perfect, like, bigger Josh Green, really, where it's just your role. What we need you to do is shoot the occasional catch and shoot three or, you know, uh, cut in for lobs or make smart cuts when defenders are helping off you or have their back turned to you. And that's literally his exact skill set. So it's like a fits like a glove situation. And he's been tremendous, man. He really has. It's been what was going on there tonight? Because the Mavs Twitter account tweeted that Josh Green was starting instead of him. And then we do this all the time where it's like, oh, does Mavs Twitter know something? No, they don't. <laughs> no, but the literal Mavs Twitter account I know. tweeted it. They did that. And then people will look at the game notes too and be like, oh, the probable starters are they, like. Yeah. They're making their best guess. Like these are all just imagine in your work, there's all these different departments, and like sometimes they communicate, but like Jason Kidd isn't calling the social media department and telling them who's starting. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they thought Derek Jones Jr. was out tonight. Maybe or... they had a Josh Green agenda to push. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "I'm willing." Josh isn't Green isn't that isn't that what social media isn't that what Twitter is for now? It's like one yeah. of the last things Twitter is, is good for is pushing an, <laughs> pushing an agenda. Oh, I, I thought it was funny after the game. I was making these jokes like uh, Luca. The interview was it is like broken English was talking about how much help he got from his teammates. But the way he said it was every, like, I forgot what it was. I need to see it real quick before I, I quote it out of context, but it was like, um, everyone help us. That's what he said. Everyone help us. And I was like, I'm waiting for the first Twitter account to tweet that out saying Luca after game says, everyone help us. <laughs> Could have said that after the Raptors game. And it would have yes. been this meant the same, maybe. Uh, but yeah, Derek Jones jr. Man, he's really fit into this. It's been the right call so far. From Jason Kidd, a lot of us questioned it, but um, he's hitting some threes. He's he's. We I feel like we still haven't gotten a really good Derek Jones Jr. alley oop. Yeah, he had an insane putback tonight, but yeah, there hasn't been like the crazy. Luca just throws it in the rafters, and you don't even yeah. know who it's going to, and he just soars in. Yeah, we haven't gotten that yet. It'll come. Speaking of throwing it into the rafters, Derek Lively was was thrown several lobs tonight that were just completely out of nowhere. It was great to have him back. He played 26 minutes. He fouled out. Some of his fouls were very stupid on the ref's part. Some of them yeah. were just, you know, again, we're, we'll do this every game with Lively. He's going to get those fouls. It's just going to happen, especially playing against a team that tries to get to the basket with the Clippers and Harden and Westbrook and get a lot of fouls. Six points, four rebounds. He had two offensive boards. He had a block. He had a steal. I felt like Derek Lively was impactful. And I, I, I kind of want to look back at that Raptors game and go, you know what? If there was just a seven-footer back there, then maybe it would have gone just a little differently because it does affect things. Yeah, it definitely does. He's a deterrent. He makes plays. He, he runs the floor. I mean, his vertical spacing is incredible. He just does all the little things. I mean, that's really it. And much better in the short roll, too, than we could have ever really anticipated this early, at least in my opinion. And the moment, maybe the moment of the game for me, Forget all of Luca. Luca scored 44 points. We've seen that before. 
The thing we have not seen that Mavericks fans have not seen in decades, I mean <laughs> decades, is a center block a layup from Russell Westbrook or a driver or whoever at the rim. This guy thinks, I've got this. And all yep. of a sudden, a center comes in and erases that shot right off the backboard, goes in transit, runs in transition, and gets a huge alley-oop on the other end, like in just one full sequence. When's the last time we saw that? Maybe Porzingis did it a couple times. Maybe Nerlens Noel one time before the hot dog incident. Maybe <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. did it when he was a point guard. But, oh, my gosh, we have not yeah. seen that from a Maverick center in so long. And you're like, oh, you just do the SpongeBob thing. Future. <laughs> it's like, oh, finally. Oh, well, it was, a, it was an amazing part, experience. The best part about that play, in my opinion, one, Tim Hardaway Jr. threw the lob. Shout out to Tim. But also, two, Derek Jones Jr., Turned the ball over the play before. Like he <laughs> he turned it over. He threw a bad pass and James Harden stole it. And then the Clippers got on transition. And instead of pouting or, you know, being like, oh, my bad, guys, he just sprints back immediately and yeah, just swatted. I mean, you know what out of that Westbrook attempt. And that put the Beautiful. maps up by that put the maps up by 31. <laughs> yeah. Huge play in the game. Man, the and then Chris Paul cuts the lead to 40. Play. Yeah, it was like the opposite. <laughs> right after that, he uh, picked up his fifth foul. But we don't have to talk about that as much as we talk about no. just that just yeah. that moment where they're building on it. And hey, if he plays 26 minutes and he uses all six of his fouls, I think I'm kind of fine with that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'll live with that for sure. I'm You'll cool live with, with it. Now, you sp definitely live with it when they win by like 18 points. <laughs> they were up yeah. by 30 at one point, but yeah. Exum, I felt like was another another story of this game where we saw Jason Kidd go to Exum a little bit more. He played 18 minutes in this one. He had what's eight points, six assists. He's just the connector. Like there's the beginning of the, it was the beginning of the second quarter. Kid came out with Luca Kyrie Exum, Derek Jones Jr. And Derek lively. And that's when they really first started. They went on a seven Oh run to start that quarter. The Clippers called a timeout. And I feel like that's what really sparked it. And Exum really fit into you know, exactly what I was saying all offseason that he would fit into it. That connector, the the extra passing guy. He was everything you wanted Josh Green to be in that lineup. And he mm -hmm. actually like fulfilled that in this one on offense because he's a, a good decision maker. He'll get to the basket, he'll make the make good passes, and he's big on defense and can stay in front of guys. Yeah, I really liked I'm happy you brought that up because I, I noticed that during the game too. I really liked Exxon out there with Luca and Kyrie as just like this third, not gonna break a guy down off the dribble, although he did shake Paul George once, but yes, outside of that, uh a guy who just can make smart passes and put pressure on the rim if needed. And you know, he knocked down what did he knock down two threes in this game? Yeah. Two of three, two of three from deep. Love that. So yeah, I, I really am interested in that and interested to see if there's more of that in the future. Cause he did out, he played more minutes than Josh green in this game. Yeah. But I will say like, I, I'm pretty sure Exxon was out there with the garbage time crew. I could be wrong though. I think he yeah, Josh green was for a little while too there, but yeah, but yeah, uh, I think Exum should have a role. I, I just, sure. I just think if they need more size, they need more size at guard too. And I think that he can bring some of that and he can be a, a playmaker. You, you can't do the Hardy, Tim Hardaway, Curry, like, you know, trio. Yeah, it, it just is, I don't think it's going to work for them. And so they've got to go with somebody else. And I think it's Exum. I think it's a great ad by the Mavericks. I, I liked it at the time. I liked it even better when I saw that his three point shot was, was better. And then yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Like, let's just, just try it. Just go with it. Um, Great coaching decision. Are we going to have uh, that convo at some point? With Jason Kidd? Hey, hey someone pointed out to me. He's 7-0 win coaching with Derek Lively. <laughs>
honestly, this was my thing with Jason. When Jason Kidd has the tools, but they have to be the specific tools that he wants and that he needs. When he has the tools, the Mavs can win. If they proved it two years ago that they can yeah. win with Jason Kidd as the coach. When Jason Kidd doesn't have the tools he wants, when he's got Greg Monroe at center, when he's got Thon Maker at center, when he's trying to win with Jabari Parker, when he's trying to win with Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, like when he doesn't have it, he he gives up on the team. I like guess what he I feel like that's what he did last year. Yeah. And then this this year comes along and he's got the guys. He's got the leadership. He's got Kyrie. He's got Luca stepping up a little more. He's got Grant Williams as that voice. He's got Derek Lively as the center that he, you know, that he actually wants. He's got some you know, he's got some some players. And I I they can win with him. They can win yeah. with him. Like I've never I've never thought that they couldn't. I think I am of the opinion that there are like five coaches in the NBA that matter that like affect winning. And I then the five way. to tear the team down, right? And then there's a bunch of them in the middle. And I, Jason Kidd, I think, is in the middle. Yeah, that's why the all offseason, I was like, I don't really care if we fire Kidd because the, t- the team likes him. Like, say right. whatever you want, right. but they, right. they speak so highly of him. And if it's like, if you just looked at that team last year with any real objective lens, like, that roster sucked. It was horrible. <laughs> and if you're doing the, well, wouldn't they, they have to talk highly of their coach. Go back. To yeah, no, when, <laughs> go back to when the Nets had Steve Nash as the head coach and listen to Kyrie say, you know, some days I'm the coach, some days <laughs> yeah. KD's the coach. You know, we're all the coach, yeah. Ronnie. We're all making it like that. That was not a, a guy that thought highly of his coach at that point in, in no. his life. Look at the Hawks each of the last three years. They, If a players don't like a coach, they're not very shy about saying it. Uh, one more thing I wanted to bring. Oh, dang it. I have to do the next time. Don't wait till it's three seconds left to talk. One more thing I <laughs> wanted to bring up was the, uh, Jason Kidd called the Mavericks soft after the Raptors game. And I brought it up to kid. I said, Hey, Kyrie said that you told them that they were soft after the game. How do you think they responded? And he kind of looked down and he looked back up at me and he said, well, they don't have to tell you everything that I say to them. <laughs> 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 he was like, but they responded well. You know, he thought that, you know, they made some shots. He thought that they were, you know, they didn't win the rebounding battle tonight. He brought that up. Yeah. Uh, he didn't look at Isaac because he wasn't in the room, but he would have. I feel like he would have looked right at Isaac Harris if, if he's, you know, mentioned the rebound battle. The certain there. rebounds don't matter. <laughs> I used to have you in that same camp before last year, to be fair. <laughs> well, they don't in some context. It just depends yeah. on, it depends on wh- where it is. But, but yeah, they, they did respond well and they took it seriously. They took it personally. I asked Derek Jones Jr. about it too. You know, did you take that personally? He's like, yeah, I got 10 rebounds tonight. You know, it was like, it was basically just that flat out. Like we've got to put the effort in and they did in this one. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see. It was nice were, to see. They played well. They were not well. soft. They were not soft. Well, wait, are we going to talk about like Luca at all? Or is it just Luca so good at this point? Like, I mean, yeah, Luca had 44. Yawn, right? <laughs> well, I want to say, because I was thinking about this, watching Luca, especially early on this year in games like tonight, it's like all these young guys come into the league, like Victor Wimbanyama and Anthony Edwards, and they're the next big things. You're going to be the yeah. next face of the league. As long as Luca's in the league, the, the NBA is his oyster. Like, it just is. If a team that he's on puts the pieces around him and are competitive, he will lead them to the promised land. If the team that he's on is a top two seed, his numbers are so gaudy, he's winning MVP. Like, this is, this is just, I, I just, every time I watch him play, I'm like, my God, this guy is just otherworldly how good he is. And it's why I can be hard on him sometimes and people get mad at me, but it's only because I see this otherworldly potential in him. And then it's also just like, all these young players are cool and all, but there's still that guy in Dallas where if they ever put just like this crazy team around him, it, it, there's not going to be a lot of losing. 
he's got every option in front of him, right? Yeah. And what it's kind of what makes him, you know, boring at times for us because it's like he's got every option in front of him. He can make every pass. Yeah. He made a pass tonight to the corner uh where he he had to he was he was facing the basket and he had to take the ball with his right hand, throw it over Westbrook's shoulder who was facing him. And like he had to assume that Westbrook wasn't going to move in that yeah. like he had to assume that he was going to be stationary just where he was and he chucked it over over Westbrook's shoulder got an assist out of that one. He was 11 of 12 from 2 in this one. And the two-point shots is the one that I've really watched with Luca over the years. You know, you talk about the step back threes, that's what's going to make the highlights and all that, but it's his I want to see him get those mid-range shots. He took a couple yeah. against Terrence or ten, against Terrence Mann, where you're like, you know, he just wants to cook that guy. Like he just wants <laughs> yeah. to take him out at any given moment. Yeah, he had a couple of mid-range shots against him, and he had a couple of moments where he, he gets to the basket and, and just finishes. And I, I watched the twos from him because those are the ones that make or break the Mavericks, especially in tight games. Yeah, and those are the shots too in the postseason that you really hunt because those are the ones where you're matchup hunting or the game's really slowing down and. You got to post up a guy or something. And that's when he really took that step. What was it? Like 2021 is when he really started shooting mm. mid-range jumpers at a high clip. And yeah, tonight was a masterful performance. And it wasn't like just all layups either. Because what did you say? It was no. nine, of t- nine, of, 9 of 10? 11 of 12 from two. <laughs> 11 of 12 from two. <laughs> and they, they were like, jump. a lot of them were jumpers. A lot of them were tough shots. I mean, it's just insane what he does. They were saying on the broadcast, he went like 10 straight shots without a miss at one point. I believe it. He went 11 of 12. He yeah, missed three yeah. threes, and that was kind of it. Uh, I'm trying to look up Luca if he's ever had 44 or more points, and he only hit four free throws in this one, right? Yeah, that's what's – and he only shot four, so he, 100%, 100%. And I want to say even two of those were technicals. I want At least one of them was a technical. Mm. It was a technical free throw. I think maybe okay. two were. He's had 12 44-point games now in, in his regular season career. This, this would have been the 12. These are the free throw totals. 22, 18, 14, 15, 12, 12, 10, 9, 13, 12, 14. So wow. this is like by far the least amount of free throws he's ever taken to get to 44 or more. And that that's it's crazy just how efficient he was. Like Kyrie said, he can break down the Clippers defense whenever he wants. And that just it just goes to show how insane he is that it, it, we're like 27 minutes in and we're like, oh yeah, that Luca, by the way, 11 of 12 on twos. And it's just like, yeah, that's just what that guy does. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It really is. Uh, apologies to Luca if you're listening for us waiting, waiting yeah, this sorry, long to talk, talk, talk about your great hits. I got a feeling he's not listening for some weird reason. I'll do this. I have to do this specifically for Isaac. It really is one more thing. Next time, don't wait till it's three seconds left to talk. <laughs> Omax Prosper got in. He played some, played some actual playing time and then got a, his first NBA point. I posted the video. You can go to my TikTok at Nick Van Exit or on Twitter. I posted the video where Omax hits this free throw and you look over at the bench and they all just, they all get up and they're all cheering for him. They're all excited. Luca grabbed the ball at the end. He grabbed the game ball and I'm pretty sure he gave it to Omax. He did. Uh, he said, he said, uh, talking to skin, he did. Yeah. And so, yeah, Omax got some playing time. Yeah. That was interesting. He, <laughs> didn't do didn't do a whole lot in it, but got a free throw, got an offensive rebound, fouled a three point shooter. I don't know that he fouled hard. Yeah, I think that on was the a broadcast call, did it look like he did. They didn't show it. They showed it like one time, and it, it didn't really look like it to me. Did they, but did they then show the Damaris like rant again instead? They they only <laughs> briefly talked about it. They were like, "Uh, you want to tune into Mavs Live because one of these guys is going very viral." <laughs> it felt like they're almost wanting to avoid the the convo. <laughs> 
Oh, I can't imagine the Devin Harrison. <laughs> I wonder how he felt like the first quarter of the game when James Harden had like 13 points on three shots. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. But Demarius like, I'm going to go. I'm going to be the reason. I'm going to be the reason why James Harden scores 50 against the Mavericks. The Clippers finally win their first game. That would have been actually hilarious, but not hilarious, but kind of funny. Let us know in the comment section. What's one thing that stood out to you in this game? Why did the Mavericks win this game? Guys, thanks for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.